see, like, y'all niggas got a lot of niggas, like, a lot of soldiers and shit, you know what I'm saying? You got a lot of shit you got to do. Turn that shit down, where you going at, man? That's your problem, man. Every time we talk, you get look at what you call. I'm trying to talk for real. I understand that. That's the problem. You do so many things, you can't do everything on your own. And the reason, if you do, by the time you do it, you could have did 30 other things if you had help. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you can't do an album and be on the radio on one day and then do a party and three parties a week. And nothing's going to get done right or nothing's going to get done quick. So if you got niggas that's willing to help you, it's a time for, to teach y'all how to do it. You, do y'all want to be in the music business? We all know that this nigga's very, very distant and you can't depend on him to make something happen. He's on his own plane. So you have to, fuck it, be y'all got to be annoying for your career. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, cool, I need to do this or whatever and just do it. And the thing is, it's not one nigga that should be the head of a crew. It should never be one nigga the head of a crew. Because when if that nigga ever goes, if he ever goes to jail, or God forbid he gets killed, or something happens, the whole crew goes down. Because everybody depends on one nigga. You're over. But let's say you're equal, you're equal, and you're equal. If let's say you fall off, he can give you a little, your man can give you a little, and it's not going to break you to put your man back on. You can't run no company without no fucking crew, man. And what better fucking crew to have than the niggas you grew up with? You should depend on him like he depends on you, and y'all should all depend on each other. But that, it has to be bigger than just Clue. Desert Storm should mean more than Clue. Niggas think of Rockefeller. It's not only Jay-Z they think about. It's not only me they think about. They think of a whole movement and what we represent. Because niggas know that ever since we got in the game, every nigga down with me had money. If every nigga has just as much as you got, what kind of crew you got? You got a crew that can't be touched. Yo, that's how crews crumble because they don't feel like getting a piece. Every nigga I know that was getting money, they own crew took them down. They the niggas that shut they, they niggas up because they not eating enough. And you can't, and that's a nigga's nature. Man, this nigga got man. I'm Yo, going back to the project. Yo, tell us that shit because we got niggas missing behind that. Right then. That's, what you that's, that's, that's why niggas snitch on niggas and that's why niggas kill niggas and that's why niggas get niggas shut up because they... A four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What do you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we, we just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks, Coach. Intelligent, extravagant, and eloquent. That shit y'all talking is irrelevant. I put it down from the gutter to the tenement. It's LL Cool J, nigga. Everything I do is excellent. And I got to represent Q Burrow, the thorough. You know what I mean? We get down, we get down, baby. Check this shit out right here. Eat Claw Pursunum is the album I'ma drop. It'll make your bitch nipples as hard as rock. Giving head to the Glock. Pretend it's hard cock. Splashing niggas, I can't slow through the block. I the original visual individual, ten times platinum, your career's looking critical. Rich from this, motherfuck me in a criminal. Look in the bitch eyes, the vibe is subliminal. You wanna freestyle? Fuck that. I need at least seven figures to even touch that. But since everybody was underestimating my format, I dropped ill bomb and now niggas want more of that. Ain't a rapper dead or alive fucking with me. Ask the last bitch that tried to come and get me. Talk about paper, I can talk about broads. I can talk about movies, I can talk about awards. Fuck the fantasy. 
MCs, yo, I got all four. In 2001, it'll be mine. By law, why name it greatest of all time? Because for 15 years, I kept y'all standing in line. Loving the way I shine and my lyrics combined. With the ruggedest, illest beats that Def Jam can find. Fuck them other niggas with their 9 or 10 hits. My hits run deep as the emotions of your bitch. Back in the days, it was the F5 stick. But now the Bentley is all get more hoes on the dick. This one for clue. And my records are the niggas that remember when I came through. The big OBCC HDM2 C74. Little Nazi in the crew. Young niggas come home. Word up. A new album gonna be the shit, baby. Ain't no doubt about it. E Pluribus Uno. Out of many, one. The GOAT. Greatest of all time. Once again, it's on. It's your boy King Known Uncensored, man. And we got game one of the second round. You know what I'm saying? Buyers and sellers. <laughs> and a lot of niggas sold yesterday, boy. Niggas done sold copies of bullshit, man. Niggas done sold bullshit. But from the streets, from the NBA streets, I found out that Rudy Gobert is going to go to Utah management and pull a Kobe and Shaq move. It's either me or Donovan. And I'm just like, I understand he's a three-time defensive player of the year. Okay, I get that. But is he even a top 25 player to be making such a demand? Like, fuck is we talking about, right? Like, is he on that level to make a, a, a demand like that? to choose between Donovan Mitchell, who is the team's leading scorer, is the team's star player. Does he have the cachet for this? Does he have the right to do this? Because if you want my honest opinion, they should break that entire team up. Utah should rebuild with somebody else. I mean, they're not going to get any a high draft pick, so maybe they should keep one of the two. But honestly, I just take next season, fire Quinn Snyder, you know what I'm saying? But in my heart of hearts, in my personal opinion, Rudy Gobert is not good enough to make that type of a demand. Now, if Donovan made that demand, then we'd be talking. Donovan is a top 25 player in the NBA. Donovan is a star player in the NBA. Not a superstar, but a star. You know, Shaq alluded to this, that there's a lot of fake superstars in the game. And a lot of people got the superstar collar, but didn't do anything to earn it. And I do agree to an extent that we all, me included, have anointed motherfuckers that superstar tag without them earning it. And it's a lot of superstars that are fading. Superstars that are like borderline star. We know Giannis is a superstar. We know, um, we know uh, Steph is a superstar. We know Jaws is a superstar. We know, um, what's his name? We know Joker's a superstar. We know MB's a superstar. We know, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that many superstars in the league anymore, man. It's just a bunch of stars that 
got superstar credit. And LeBron is not a superstar anymore. He's a star. In this stage of Kobe's career, we wasn't calling Kobe no superstar. When he was, even when he was scoring 60, 60 points, like we wasn't saying, oh, Kobe's a superstar. We was calling him a legend. So I don't think that Rudy Gobert got the cachet and got that power to say it's either me or Donovan. I'm like, both. if I'm the GM, I'm like, both of y'all niggas can get the fuck up out of here. Both of y'all can go. Everything must go. We having a sale. Because ever since Utah built this team, they've been selling. Even when they were like the number one overall seed, they sold. You had Donovan Mitchell there. I mean, he was hurt, but nigga, he was still averaging 26, 27 points on a fucked up ankle. And they were selling because Rudy Gobert was the issue there because the Clippers went small and every possession, the Clippers got open threes. Then you blew a 3-1 lead against Denver in the bubble. Then you lose to Dallas and half of the games were played. Oh yeah, and Luka Doncic is is a superstar too, by the way. <laughs> Luka, Luka's a superstar. Man. You let a team without Luka Doncic for 3 games go up 2 to 1 against y'all. Then when he came back, he whooped y'all ass. So Utah is probably the most seller team I have ever seen. And the coach has been getting away with murder the last two seasons. With the selling. Utah needs to become a seller and buy up first round picks. Because what they're trying to do over there, it's not working. And Utah hasn't won shit. Even with Stockton and Malone, they couldn't win a title. Utah has a history of losing. Utah has the ultimate history of selling. I understand that they lost to Mike, but that's no excuses, though. Y'all got there. Win some. You can call me too much. You can call me a hater. But Utah has sold. But it's just a whole fuck out of here that goes for Utah and every run that they had. There's a video on Secret Base, right, that details how Carl Malone and John Stockton sold their entire careers. But I heard also that D'Angelo Russell is on the trading block. I'm like, damn, that quick? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, D'Angelo Russell did play horrible in that series. He only had one good game. 
the whole entire playoffs. Maybe two, if you want to include the play-in. Yeah, but I don't know what happened to that guy. What happened to that boy? You know what I'm saying? What happened to that boy? What happened to D'Angelo Russell? I mean, he had a good season, though. But what are, are you expecting to get a pick for him? Maybe. I can see it. I can see some dumbass team picking him up. I mean, if, if the Pistons can't get Brunson, then fuck it. He could be our version of what Brandon Jennings was to us. Because I see a lot of Brandon Jennings game in D'Angelo Russell. Where do y'all see verse 48 Russell going, y'all? All right, let's get to the main topic at hand. We got game ones. We got game ones to talk about, man. I'm excited about this moment. This is the second round of the playoffs, and nobody got upset. Nobody got upset. Bo, Milwaukee beats Boston 101-89. And what I saw shocked me. I thought we were going to get a more competitive game. I mean, for the first half, it was competitive. And then injuries happened. We saw Robert Williams get hit in the groin. We saw Marcus Smart separate his shoulder and then come down with a leg injury, which had him on bike duty for half of that game. And I hate to break it to Boston Celtics fans, but y'all need Marcus Smart to win this series. I had scheduled this for a seven-game series in favor of Boston. I was willing to take that risk, but Brown and Tatum sold in this game. Brown especially. I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting Brown and Tatum to fold like this. I mean, it wasn't the fact that they won without Chris Middleton. Because I was worried about them and Milwaukee in this series because 20 points are off the board. But honestly, I'm trying to remember who said this about Chris Middleton. Oh, yeah, it was one of the people I'm subscribed to on YouTube. He said that the ball moves better when Middleton is off the floor. And I had to think about it like, damn, I never really thought about it that way because... Middleton gets into this space where he likes to just shoot the goddamn ball. Like, shoot till his fucking arm falls off. Now, don't get me wrong. The Boston defense still showed up. They just lost. I think it was just, you know, as simple as that. I think them boys just lost, and Milwaukee just played better on both sides of the the ball we got Giannis with only 24 points but he had a triple double though 12 assists 13 rebounds you got Giannis passing like this 
the Celtics are in trouble. Because the main objective I had said by going into the series is nobody else on Milwaukee can get hot. And guess what happened? Somebody on Milwaukee got hot. Somebody on Milwaukee got hot. And it happened to be the whole entire Bucks team that helped win this game. Drew Holiday, 25 points. He shot 8 of 20, but 3 of 5 from 3, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Bodies, 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 bodies. Yo, Drew Holiday is the most underrated player in basketball. Because he doesn't get nearly the the credit that he deserves for being an elite player. He's a top 50 player. Easy. Maybe a top 40 player. And I feel like a couple of times he was robbed of defensive player of the year. Like, I think last season he was robbed for defensive player of the year. And it showed during the Bucks championship playoff run. Like I said, Milwaukee is dangerous when everybody is working hard. I mean, look at the rebounding disparity. It seems like Milwaukee was like, okay, Horford 6'9". Daniel Tice is 6'7", 6'8". Robert Williams is 6'9", 6'10". We got Bobby Portis who's 6'11", that can score. He had 15 points and 11 rebounds. So you got Lopez who had 10 rebounds. You had Holiday with nine rebounds. Who's a guard, by the way? You had Brooke Lopez with 10 rebounds. You had Giannis with 13 rebounds. You had Bobby Portis with 11 rebounds. I mean, I watched the game. These guys put in lineups with Giannis, with Portis, with Lopez, and Holiday in there together. That was their starting lineup. They knew that they could take advantage of Horford's, Horford and Tice being too short. And Robert Williams. Brooke Lopez is 7'2", 7'3". Giannis is 6'11", 7 feet. Bobby Portis is 6'11". And the crazy part is they only played eight players yesterday. Eight players and still won the game. Honestly... I got to give it to Mike Budenholzer. If there was a most improved coach award, it would be him. Because I've criticized him over the years for being incapable of winning the big one. He goes out there last year, wins the big one, re-ups, comes back, adjusts to the loss of Chris Middleton. And goes in to Boston in a road game and wins. And completely does what the Boston Celtics did to the Brooklyn Nets to them. So it was a major shock to see like 
Boston go out like that. Now let's move on to Boston. Uh, Tatum was six of 18, y'all. I have never seen Jason Tatum looks so confused out there. Like, they never got any defensive adversity in the first series. Jason Tatum got open shots, open lanes, and Kevin Durant was exposed as an average defensive player, average perimeter defender. He's uh, Kevin's more of an interior defender. All of those guys got open shots. All of those guys blew past Kyrie and KD and all those other dudes. Tatum, 6 of 18, 21 points. Al Horford had 12 points. Jalen Brown only had 12 points on 4 of 13 shooting. Marcus Smart you know, returned to the game and played after his injury, after his two injuries. You know, he's tough. I'm, I mean, M.A. Udoka expects him to play next game. So other than that, I mean, they didn't necessarily get any scoring handled. You know, Milwaukee only held them to 89 points. Like, regular scoring in the NBA, regular scoring in the NBA, right, Niggas is averaging a good 106, 107 points per game. And I like Milwaukee, man, because they bought the NBA back. Here's why. They won, they won a championship with just one superstar. They didn't try to team. They didn't even have a second superstar. Also, defense. Like, this league doesn't play defense. How often do you see a team get held to 89 points? That's rare, right? In this era of basketball where scoring is elite and scoring is everything. You know, it's supposed to be bigger, stronger, faster, right? Okay, then. But shout out to the Bucks, man. That was a rough one to watch. Now let's move on to Golden State versus Memphis. It really literally came down to a bucket. These guys were going at it. Nobody could take like a big lead on the other. It seemed like an, a never-ending momentum swing between both teams. And, you know, it came down to one bucket. You can't really blame anyone on Memphis for them losing the game because Ja had help. Jaron Jackson Jr. had the best game of his career, of his whole entire NBA career. Poole, 31 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. This dude is the future of the Golden State Warriors.
12 of 20. Steph Curry, 24 points. Klay Thompson, however, he was kind of disappointing. 6 of 19. That was a rough night for Klay. He made up for it toward the end of the game. But it was a rough night for Klay. Wiggins even showed up today. Well, not today, but you know what I mean. In that game, 17 points and 8 rebounds. Pretty solid. Controversy. Draymond Green was ejected for, you know, a hard foul, but he used, he grabbed his body to break his fall. And then Brandon Clark at the end of the game going to be like, yeah, he deserved it. Man, if he would have let you fall, bro, he would have broke your face. Draymond Green got a flagrant too. But Jay Crowder, you know, not Jay Crowder, but who who was they playing against the other day? I think somebody kicked. No, I think it was Crowder that kicked somebody in the balls. Chris Paul been elbowing niggas in the nuts, getting no flagrants, though. But Draymond trying to help a nigga break his fall, got a flagrant, too, and got immediately ejected in the first half of this game. And the Golden State Warriors rallied to steal a game in Memphis. And Steph Curry said after the game that we got to get greedy and take another game in Memphis so that we can go home and win our games because we know we can protect home court. This is a, this is a veteran championship team. It re- This game literally came down to a job miss layup. You know, during the final possession, we the, the Warriors knew that Ja was going to go left. The whole arena knew Ja was going to go left, sneak it in for a, a left-handed layup, and good defense was played on him. Concentrate the job. Don't disturb the doctor. You know, Ja has made that layup hundreds of times. So it's a make or miss league, and he just happened to miss. It's not necessarily his fault why they lost. It's just last possession shit. If either team would have won either way, it's no blame. Jaron Jackson Jr., 33 points. Ja Morant, 34 points. Here's the problem. Desmond Bain, only nine points. I was disappointed in him. He had been the best player on the team in the playoffs so far. 34 points, 10 assists, 3 steals for Ja. Wow. uh, DeAnthony Melton even provided a scoring spark. 14 points off the bench. 7 rebounds. Brandon Clark, 12 points, 9 rebounds. I mean... Yeah, it's no it's no real blame to be tossed around. And speaking of blame, ha ha, what I consider the moment of the night for me. The Miami Heat dominated the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid, winning 106 to 92. The million dollar que- the million dollar question is Are we even surprised that this happened? I mean, Tyler Hero dominated the Sixers' defense, or lack thereof. James Harden, 16 points, 5 of 13 shooting. 
this dude's been selling all year. I gotta blame him. I mean, they could have. I mean, they were gonna lose this game anyway. But Philly could have played a lot better. And ominous signs of trouble in Philly, as Tyrese Maxey did not want to sit next to Harden on the sideline, and I wouldn't want to sit next to that fat, funky bitch either. I wouldn't want to sit next to a seller because we know Tyrese Maxey. We know he never sells. We know he plays hard. And I knew that something bad was going to happen in Philly. I mean, honestly, even if Embiid did play, they were still going to lose this game. I mean, Miami has been pretty good at home. They're a really good home team. Miami's really good at home. Let's talk. Let's let's keep talking about the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey, six of 15, 19 points. Tobias Harris has been really good in the playoffs. And I had said for in order for Philly to have success, Maxey and Harris have to step up because we know Harden's gonna sell. We know Harden's gonna fail. We know Harden's gonna underwhelm. We know he's gonna underperform. Harris has been playing excellent. And Philadelphia's role players did not come to play. They didn't. Them niggas sold too. Those niggas sold wolf tickets. And then I'm surprised DeAndre Jordan got the start tonight. Wow. And Miami took clean advantage of that. Did you see Tyler Hero working that pick and roll to death? They were picking and rolling, and they knew DeAndre Jordan cannot defend the pick and roll. That nigga hasn't been able to defend the pick and roll since he left the Clippers. Let's keep it a buck. He hasn't been able to defend the pick and roll in a good 10 years. Where the fuck was Matisse Thibel? Like, this man was getting pissed on. He's supposed to be this up-top defensive nigga. Um, Jimmy Butler, 15 points. He played kind of mid. But Bam Adebayo was the story here. I mean, this wouldn't have happened if Embiid was there. 24 points, 12 rebounds. This is exactly what he's supposed to do. Uh, Hero and Adebayo were the, were, were, the, were the stories of the night. But all in all, I think just bad coaching by Doc, mid-play by Harden, bad showing by the role players, cost Philadelphia this game. Let's move on to the last game of the night, which is Phoenix versus Dallas. And I knew that Phoenix was going to beat Dallas, but Phoenix had these niggas. They was whooping their ass. But one thing I got to give credit where credit is due, 
I got to give credit to Luka Doncic and those guys for not giving up. Like, you would have thought that Dallas was shit dead in the water. But Luka and them did not give up on the game. They played until the last seconds as they lost to them 121 to 114. And I think this series is going to be really good. I gave Dallas two games for a reason. Like, Dallas is a very competitive team, despite them not having perimeter defense or elite shot blocking. Luka Doncic had 45 points last night. This man, playoff Luka is a different animal. I mean, he's busted asses of elite defenders. And that trend happened to continue. As you know, they've got Michael Bridges, who's a pretty good, uh, you know, perimeter defender. Uh, they have um, Jay Crowder, who is a pretty decent perimeter defender. They have a lot of guys on this team that can play perimeter defense. Chris Paul, great perimeter defender. Devin Booker, a, a most improved defender. But that shit did not matter to Luka. This man was hobbling. This man was playing hurt. This nigga was giving it his all. And you got to salute a nigga like that, even in a loss. I mean, yes, Phoenix is a better, well-rounded team. That is a part of the reason why, you know, Phoenix won the game. I mean, you have to love the team effort. I mean, Brunson sold today. Jalen Brunson sold. Like 13 points. It's pretty different. You know, which also begs the question, was Utah really this bad? For Phoenix to come up in there and beat them like they did, even with Luka scoring 45 points, Utah must have been really bad. They have to possibly be the worst fifth seed of all time. Hands down, the worst. Spencer Dinwiddie was disappointing, eight points, but Maxi Kleber, 19 points. Six of nine from the field. Five of eight from three. That dude was locked in. He was shooting the ball like a shot put out there. Dorian Finney-Smith added 15 points. Let's move on to Phoenix. Um, Chris Paul had 19 points. Only three assists. This thing, you may tell me if y'all told me that Chris Paul would only have three assists and they would beat Dallas, I would have laughed in your face. Devin Booker looks like he's almost back to 100% Devin Booker. He's getting there. He's playing a lot better. His shots are starting to hit the rim. He's making that mid-range jumper, that turnaround fade. He's looking like he's back. He had 23 points, 8 assists, and 9 rebounds. 
DeAndre Ayton at 25 points and 8 rebounds. Incredible game played by the Phoenix Suns. Great team effort. And I don't think anything is really going to change anytime soon. My thoughts on today, on the game ones overall, well, from what I've seen, Boston has an uphill battle here, especially if some team, you know, you know, the defending, if the defending champs steal game one at your crib, it's a reason for concern. But however, I think Boston will make this interesting. I have them winning the series because, you know, 20 points was missing. But for them to play like that, I don't know, man. Boston's got to, you know, they're in a must-win game, too. If they go down 2-0 going back to Milwaukee, the series might be over very quickly. And we don't know the status of Marcus Smart. Um, Thoughts on Golden State and Memphis? Buckle up. This could be a seven-game series. That's only if Memphis wins game two. They have to win game two in commanding fashion. Because if they don't, if Golden State go back home up 2-0, they could get swept. I'm not going to lie. Memphis is playing a team that has the ultimate experience, that has three players to win three championships, four players that have won three championships on the team. Um, Miami and Philly. No Joel Embiid, no series. Because, like, Embiid is expected to return in game three in Philly. I think Philly's going to win their home games and then lose one home game. With or without Embiid. Because I simply don't trust Doc Rivers and James Harden. And I don't trust Philly's depth. Mastin B is going to have to take on way too much responsibility to be recovering from a face injury. Too much responsibility. Too much caring for one for that man. Then Dallas and Phoenix. I mean, Dallas had a nice run. <laughs> but I think Phoenix and Golden State is manifesting itself. Like we've been saying all year. And that's the series that we want. Can Phoenix stand up to a, a possible team? Can Phoenix stand up to Golden State? But this is King Known Uncensored, and I'm out.